Terry Allen Wood. Doing pretty good. Wish I was out there at Holden's with you guys. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day for somebody to come out and uh, if, if they don't have a boat and not riding around in it, they need to come up here and get one so they can ride around in it because this would be a perfect day to do it, perfect time of the season. They've got a lot of – Holden's always has had, had the best deals on boats. This place has been here forever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know exactly how long, but they uh, I've been passing this place my whole life. Well, it's, it's like the man told me years ago, it's uh, the things that – stand the test of time which this place has are, are the thing that's that's the most valuable and uh, uh they they got they got first class stuff here at, and at a fair price and uh i'm sitting there looking i kind of like that that deal over there we got, we got two hondas with a 15 on the back of it yep those look like you could catch a fish from but we're sitting in a pontoon boat with uh these luxurious i guess these are leather seats or i don't know i probably don't use leather but uh i know one thing it's nice and i'd i'd like to spend a day out at lake bowen or something on in this thing and i told mr holden just now i said well you know i i never really ain't getting a boat because i'm i'm not on the water and he said well that's our slogan just add water and that's pretty good idea I think that's a I think that's a great a great slogan. But let's talk a little bit about racing here. Uh, we had a I'll start out with the race they had last night at Richmond, which was the Xfinity race that was won by Christopher Bell, and uh, they almost had a first time winner in his first race. The second place guy Noah Gregson was uh, uh, finished the second in a uh, in a Toyota, and he uh, drove a heck of a race. But I think the thing we need to talk about the most is uh, Jeremy Clements had an eighth. That is that's fantastic. Uh, it shows once again that all that Clements need is some proper financing, and he will get the job done. And uh, so it was a real good race for him. And, Ronnie, I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm getting a, a terrible feedback or something every time time i say something i'm hearing myself again and that's a lot better right there i felt like i was gonna do my uh imitation of uh lou gehrig at the yankee stadium saying farewell there i was uh getting a bad echo uh we also had the uh, bush race of uh, the uh <laughs> the Bush race. It was the Bush race because Bush won it. But the uh, well being <laughs> the race last Monday, with about fourteen people showed up to see it in a hundred thousand seats <laughs> facility, the last great coliseum they call it. But you can't hardly blame them again because it was a rain out uh, from the day before, from Sunday, and actually. They had a couple of caution flags during the race. I listened to it on the radio um, for things like snow and sleet, and I mean it was uh, even even getting it in Monday was was a challenge, and uh, they managed to do it. And Kyle Busch won. Well, it, it was a challenge to do it, but uh, one thing about it, they did have all kind of options to throw a caution whenever they wanted to. Yeah, they did. I, I know we were. I was talking to my cousin Lanny this morning that, that does a Budmore website. And he was, I think he went to Bristol one time when he was younger with, with, with his mom and daddy up there with us. And, but they didn't have enough people to have a fight. I mean, <laughs> they, they really didn't. And you can't blame all that on weather. They just, it, 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 well, Landy mentioned the thing that I would forgot about with that progressive banking that they put up, you know. Uh, they done some of that stuff. They messed with the racetrack. But. Well, that, that, you're right. That's the bottom line is that it wouldn't have been full if it had been a day like today, because uh, they messed up the racetrack. I don't know how, and, and I don't mean to harp on this because we talk about it every time they have a race at Bristol. But it was, uh, you know, they had a perfect. You had to just about inherit a ticket to a Bristol race, and uh, somehow or another, they they decided to mess with it, and uh, it's never been the same. Uh, I, I do want to get your comment, Greg, on the way that uh, Kyle Busch won the race. It looked like uh, Kyle Larson was going to take it, and with about uh, 
he led quite a bit there towards the end, and I guess with six or seven or eight laps to go, he got the old nudge by uh, Kyle Bush and. Kyle went around him on the inside and, and went on. But that's just the way you have to race at Bristol. That's exactly the way you got to race at Bristol. Well, I think we won that race probably, I know we won it once with, with uh, Wedley. And I'm trying to think who else we won it with. But uh, the the bump and run type deal, that is the only way to win a race at Bristol. That's totally customary. We seen Earnhardt do it a hundred times. We seen this one do it a hundred times, and uh, that's just the way that you do it up there. And it's not dirty. I mean, it, it's it, not it, dirty racing at all. No, now, now Earnhardt, he got to take it to a different level that time. He just about demolished Terry Labonte's car. To, oh, he dropped kick Labonte. Well, that, that was the old rattleless cage race. Yeah, but anyway, the fans loved it. <laughs> With the old, uh, the old track. Yeah, before they messed it up, and it was it was full. There were 150,000 people there, and and it seemed like there's 150,000 happy people, except for maybe the Labonte family or something. But well, he won the race, didn't he? That, didn't he win that? He won the race, and they booed Earnhardt and all that stuff, and uh, and he said, "I just met the rattly kid." He did it like two or three times. One time he wrecked Labonte, and Labonte still won the race and went into the winner circle with a car steaming and dragging pieces and everything. And then there was the other time that he did it, and they booed him when he was in the winner circle. So they, they kind of run together, but they uh, one way or the other, the point is you got to knock somebody out of the way usually at Bristol yeah. to win. Yeah, you got to. And I'll just say this right quick. Uh, we were up there in 1974, and we'd had uh, uh, Buddy Baker uh, substituting for, for George Farmer, who... Had just we, been fired. It was a little more than a substitution. Well, anyway, <laughs> he, he, he had just been fired, and uh, I, I wasn't allotted that assignment, thank goodness. But uh, we'd run a couple of races with Baker and run good. I think we didn't want to... I don't know what all we want. I don't think we did, did win anything that, that year. We just led a lot of laps. We'll go over there at Bristol, and... They had a crash, and we'd been running first, second, third, first, second, third. And um, anyway, make a long story short, uh, Kale wound up wound up being on a bumper with two laps to go. Well, they go around those two laps when it comes up to the last corner to go in three and four. Kale didn't tire a car up, do nothing. He just gave him a little nudge and dove under him, and away he went. And that's the way you win. Okay, Perry, uh, let me butt in on you just a minute right here because we got another race we want to talk about that hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen tonight at Cherokee Motor Speedway, and I've got Jada Tesnier on the telephone. with it. And nope. she's going she's gonna to tell us a little bit about it. Jada, are you with us? Yes, sir, I am. Good morning. Good morning. Um, appreciate y'all having me on the show this morning. Um, Cherokee Speedway um, is partnered with the South Carolina Autism Society, and we are doing our second annual Race for the Reason Autism Awareness Race. Um, we've got eight divisions on the lineup this evening. Headliner is the 1500 Limited Sportsman Race, and then just added this morning a couple extra hundred dollars for the SECA uh, Crate Lake model. It sounds like that uh, Scott Childers and Tony Adair, the, the co-promoters at Cherokee, are really stepping up. And they're even offering something to s special for people who happen to, to be autistic. Absolutely. Um, any family who has a child or even an adult with autism, they are uh, getting in free this evening. Um, and then we also have special seating um, in the tower for those families. Um, because as we know, some autistic um, children and adults may have some sensory issues. Um, so we want them to be able to come and enjoy the race with their family and friends. So we have that seating available to them as well. But yes, Scott and Tony have done a great job um, in supporting autism awareness. And I um, appreciate all that Cherokee Speedway does for us. And every race car tonight is going to carry the blue autism awareness puzzle piece on their car. Is that right? That's correct. They they have the option at, at sign-in to um, grab an autism awareness decal and probably display that on their car this evening. And um, hope to see a few of those in victory lane this evening. And the South Carolina 
uh, Autism Society will be set up in the grandstand distributing additional information and accepting donations. That's correct. Um, they've been wonderful in helping us. So, yes, they will be in the grandstands right um, beside the concession stand distributing information. Um, they also can answer questions if someone has questions about autism, can learn a little bit more about the developmental um, disabilities that folks with autism have and accepting donations. So um, weather should be great tonight. Um, if you come into the track, wear blue in support of autism and um, hope to see everyone there. Okay, and if everybody, if everybody that wants more information can come to CherokeeSpeedway.com SouthCarolina.com for more information or tell them how they can get in touch with you, Jada. Absolutely. You can give me a call um, on my cell phone at 864-473-7081 or um, send a quick email to jadatesnier at yahoo.com. want to also um, do a quick um, saying to the Buff family um, and letting them know that we're in their thoughts and prayers and um, appreciate everything that Ronnie Buff did for Cherokee Speedway over the years and we'll certainly be thinking about that family this weekend. Okay and for those of you that may not know we lost him was it just yesterday or it was this week? Um, I, be- I, I believe it was Thursday evening yes sir. Okay and Jada listen. Ronnie Buff was the owner and promoter for I want to say about 17 years. That's that's amazing. And listen, thank you for coming on. Thank you for spearheading this autism awareness race at Cherokee Speedway. And we're going to invite everybody to come out, and maybe we can talk to you soon about about how it turned out, Jada. Sounds great. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks a lot. And that was Jada Tesnier. Her husband is a driver. And right now we're going to have to take our first commercial break. And as soon as this break is over, we will be right back on Start Your Engines. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Today's Sports Report, join Dean Bridges and me on April 21st as we will be broadcasting from the Holton's Marine Center open house on Highway 9. Holton's Marine Center, located at 1265 Bowling Springs Road, will be hosting an open house from 8 a.m. until noon to make sure that you're ready to hit the lake this summer. Holton's Marine Center, open house, 8 a.m. until noon. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate. 582-3451. 582-3451. Mauricio and Juan at La Paz Mexican restaurant in Boiling Springs say come on in for lunch or dinner. La Paz offers authentic Mexican fare seven days a week. Want a quick and inexpensive weekday lunch? La Paz lunch specials start at just $4.50. Mauricio invites you to try La Paz traditional Mexican cuisine along with great salads, the Texas fajita, and vegetarian options. Enjoy your favorite adult beverage including the $1.50 draft beer while on special from the La Paz fully stocked bar. Tell Mauricio Fox Sports 1400 sent you to La Paz Mexican restaurant right across from the post office on Highway 9 in Bowling Springs. <laughs> Sure, you can buy steaks, chops, and other cuts of meat a lot of places, often cut hours or even days early. 
But if you want your next great steak, wild game, pork, or other cut of meat perfectly marbled and aged between 40 and 70 days, then Tate Meatworks is the place for you. Tate's offers Angus, Prime, and other heritage breed cuts so meticulously aged, you can't screw it up unless you burn it. For your next melt-in-your-mouth steak, visit Tate Meatworks, 435 East Main Street near downtown Spartanburg. This is Derek Scott, the voice of the Gamecocks, and you're listening to Spartanburg's home for South Carolina sports. Fox Sports 1400, now on FM 98.3. Well, you can tell everybody, yeah, you can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody. And we've got the man this week, Hall of Famer Dale Enlin. Good morning, Dale, and welcome on Start Your Engines. Okay, yeah, uh, we're about a... Six or seven miles away from starting our engines, I think, but uh, we'll be ready tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, Dale, this is Moses, as he used to call me, and, and we're sitting up here, and they got all kind of boats to sell, and uh, heck, everybody needs to have one. What, what's the name of Lake Lloyd or whatever down at Daytona? Could have one's been around in there, but uh, yeah, it, it, it appears that y'all y'all been running y'all been running pretty doggone good. And the 43 car is getting a lot of exposure. And, um, but I was just going to wonder what, I know you won seven championships, but didn't you win eight? Like with an X one with another team or something? How'd that work? I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to win, uh, you know, he was Richard's crew chief when he won all his seven and, uh, had another pretty good run with Terry Labonte in 84 and won a championship with him. So, if you count, that's about eight cup championships. And, you know, I'm pretty proud of it. But uh, you can't sit and toot your whistle too long because somebody's always coming to beat you. So, that's where we're at right now. Well, that's why we want to have you on the show. We'll toot it for you. We'll yeah. save you the trouble. Because, I mean, that, that is phenomenal. <laughs> Seven championships with one team. And then just to prove uh, you could... It, it it wasn't the forty three on the car necessarily. You did it with uh, you did it with Terry Labonte, and I believe that was forty four, wasn't it? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't far off from the forty three number, was it? <laughs> you know, I never have thought about that. I didn't either till I, I just said it. Never thought about that, and I was there seeing all this stuff transpire, and uh, uh, that that didn't that did not dawn on me. But there is no doubt in anybody's mind, especially people that were that were the, been around since the. Late sixties, early seventies, and that sort of thing. But uh, well, you got Lee Petty in the Hall of Fame, Richard Petty in the Hall of Fame, Dale Inman in the Hall of Fame, and Maurice Petty in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a that's a family full right there. That's 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 a, that's a bunch, and they run like it too. They run, they run. A lot I to mean, be proud of there, Dale. A, a bunch. A, and you know, while while we was doing all that, there was no such a thing as a Hall of Fame, and and. You know, at that point in time when we were doing all this, it was just, uh, of course, it's a random address, but it's, it's a little community called Level Cross. And uh, we've got one stoplight now, and I think that's just because there's a bypass goes close to us, you know what I mean? But, yeah, we're, we're, we're proud of that, and, and, of course, we're proud of NASCAR and what they've done. And sometimes we don't understand what they're doing and the changes they make, but... Uh, they're the boss, and we kind of try to comply with it. So it's been a long ride for me. I've seen a lot of changes, met a lot of good friends and everything, and seen, of course, they've done a update on the 50 top drivers here a while back, and I think me and Richard was talking. We've probably seen every one of them race, and there's not many people that's done that, you know, so... I, I guess I'm, <laughs> to be around this long and still a little bit active in racing is just—it's kind of big for me. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to—I want to throw this in while I can because we're so proud that we're uh, we're in Spartanburg, and you know, we got three people in the Hall of Fame from Spartanburg, but I don't—I don't think we got anybody uh, on the horizon to, to catch us up with Randleman or, or Level Cross. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. And uh, you know that they they're voting again. They they're getting ready to put five more in. The voting's coming up pretty soon. And uh, Mike Allen just asked me a couple of weeks ago if I'd be on the voting committee. So that's kind of an honor that I'm looking forward to. And 
to help put the next five in the Hall of Fame. So it's coming up pretty soon. And, of course, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon's on it. And uh, it, it'd be hard to say he won't go in the first round, you know, because uh, he's certainly done a lot for the sport and, and still doing a lot, you know, with the television and everything. He does a good job. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, Dale, um, they can't pick a better person to be on the, the voting list than you because, I mean, you have seen it all. I mean, and y'all, the, the whole time you were seeing it, you know, y'all were up front winning championships, winning races, but y'all, yeah, but that's uh, probably my microphone. But anyway, uh, that better. Uh, but. Dale has just done so much for the sport itself uh, that 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 is, is is absolutely incredible. I mean, a lot of the people that come through Petty Enterprises got trained to learn how to do things, you know, by by being with Dale and, and those guys. And uh, I tell you what, they were some tough sons of guns to ever try to outrun. I tell you that. <laughs> Dale, you said this. Well, you know, Greg, we were such good friends with your dad and all that all through those years. And I, I thought I could argue with an official till I stood back and watched him argue with one. And it was something to behold and what what a contributor Bud was. Of course, he went in the Hall of Fame early, too. And golly, such fond memories of God of all those races. And, and, and how much different it is today and what it was then. But, it, you know, it's still surviving, of course. There's not many sports that hadn't changed, but if I look at it now, probably NASCAR has changed more than any of them, including, you know, the baseball and football and all that stuff. But they certainly have been changes as we went along. But, you know, NASCAR, and I give them credit for it. Some of the stuff they do, I don't understand maybe, but when they do something for safety, I certainly understand that. And, you know, uh, enforcing the pit pit road speed and all that stuff. We pitted at Talladega and Daytona when you'd be out there changing tires and they'd come by you at 160 or 70 mile an hour. You know what I mean? It's two foot from you and not think nothing about it. But uh, safety is their big policy and thank goodness for that. Yeah, they've done they've done an excellent job with that. I mean, that's one thing that, that Bud said uh, all along, even even to the day that he passed away, was that you couldn't. We'd seen people get hurt, and uh, but NASCAR has just, just really took the bull by the horns, and they really have done a uh, done a done a tremendous amount uh, with with that sort of part of it. But uh, one thing I was gonna mentioned about Bedell and everything. You know, you always hear about this legendary uh, Richard Petty, Darrell Walter fight deal. Well, I had the unfortunate position to be kind of like in the middle of that thing because that line car's up by points and Ricky Rudd was driving a car with down at Daytona. And... Um, so anyway, they they got they they got mad at each other, and uh, uh, they wasn't either one of them backing down. And I was getting scared, and uh, Dale jumped up and grabbed Richard, and I think one of the uh, officials grabbed Darrell Walter. I was glad of it, because, uh, <laughs> but, but that but 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 Richard had that finger pointing at that. Poking right on his chest and everything, and uh, so if anybody ever wants to know if that was real or not, it was real. It was real enough where I probably had changed my drawers when I, <laughs> when I, before I got in Bud's Lincoln to go home. But uh, yeah, those, those were the days. They, those were the days that they really. Were. Yeah, but y'all have been around some of them when Maurice was involved too. He was a real protector of Richard, and well, we. And it's just it's just a different world in racing right now. But it's still automobiles. They make noise. They go around in a circle, and it draws attention and everything. And it, it's just a different world. But uh, I heard uh, that, you know, uh, that uh, Lee's wife uh, had a pocketbook that she swung pretty good too. Yeah, and they claim she had a pistol, but I don't think she did because <laughs> she she carried she carried all the money, you know. And uh, yeah, well, she I know it was heavy. <laughs> yes, she she uh, 
she traveled with us and you know what an experience that was you know and and to, to grow up with that family and of course it's just such a different world now you know we uh, and i tell the the boys that i work with or i don't work i hang out with them and I tell them the way I can help them and stay out of the way. But uh, I tell them it ain't always been easy, this easy, and I can prove it because, uh, you know, I've told the story. We drove the race car to, from North Carolina to Riverside, California, and raced it and drove it home in 1958. And mm. if you count the years, that's a long time ago, but that was that was before interstates and everything else, too. But me and Maurice done it, and, of course, Richard done it. Uh, we did, and it's been done more than one time, so the sports certainly come a long ways. And I tell them now, if they don't get a window seat on the airplane, they complain. So that's that's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, I think you got your driver. Um, you know, a, 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 a team, if not the mis- most historic team, uh, one of one or. First or second most would be the Petties or Petty Enterprises or any of the different configurations or names that you've had. But for a team that historic to now, looking back at the history of NASCAR, to have an African-American driver and him doing so well, I think that's just that uh, you talk about progress in the sport. You know, and going back to Wendell Scott and all the, the trials and tribulations he had, uh, for the Petty Enterprises to have an African-American driver that's doing so well, I think that's just fantastic. Yeah, and he's poised, talks good. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it, it, I think that was a very popular move. Well, you know, we done it strictly on his talent. You know, we, uh, Eric oh, we Amarillo, got, he got hurt last year at Kansas, and uh, we, had, we had a couple other drivers, but uh, uh, Bubba just stood out, you know, and uh, a bunch of events uh, come up, and it's kind of what it turned out to be, and, it, and I think we're really fortunate to have him, and he's being accepted you know, by the crowds and by the other drivers, and it's it's just, of course, it's a struggle to get enough sponsorship to run these races now. It's, it's unreal, the cost that it takes. I, I don't even know how much it does cost, you know what I mean? Well, of course. You, you, you can see that by Lowe's leaving Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, and I, I, I hate to see that, you know what I mean, but... Uh, but we're recognized, you know, all over the world. You know, NASCAR is, and it's it's uh it's a billboard for the for uh, for companies. And of course, we we still need some help too to get through like we'd like to. But uh, we're making it work so far, and we'll just see where it goes from here. Well, I love uh, I, I just I love the look of your cars, especially when you come out with those. Uh, and it's not just at Darlington, y'all are y'all get that day glare and blue on there quite often and uh, it's just great to see that you know I, I was uh, we were talking about the Hall of Fame earlier and I was just sitting here thinking of some of the races you know we used to have at the fairgrounds here in Spartanburg especially one in 1964 when Billy Wade and uh, Ned Jarrett got into it and Richard won that race and Wade uh, driving Bud Moore's car took Jarrett out but you know if, if if I could look at the the lineup, and I, I was there, so I remember most of it. I bet you there was twenty Hall of Famers in the on the track or in the pits that night. But you know the thing about that race. You remember that race? Sure, I remember that race. That was the best uh, Richard, race I ever saw. <laughs> Richard Richard went over the top of Billy Wade. Yep. As the car was rolling, he went over it. Yep. And I know there's proof of it because it had the maroon and. Uh, Black mud more colors on the drive shaft. And it finished, it finished, it finished, it finished under caution, but our car was towed out and bent so bad we couldn't, uh, we couldn't erase from there. But, uh, yeah, I remember that very distinctly. You know, Billy Wade, you know, he, he won four races in a row one time on the Northern Tour and, you got to remember, I started doing. I started going to the races in 1951. So, mm. I've, uh, I've been born. <laughs> okay, yeah, but yeah, most of the people I'm around anymore was before I was born. But uh, <laughs> and and some of the stories are forgotten. But it, you know, it's been like I said before. I'm not repeating myself from old age, but it, it's been a long ride for me. 
Well, I'm glad you remember that race because, like I just said, that that's the best race I ever saw. And I, I haven't seen as many as you and Greg by a long shot, but I've seen several hundred, and that was that was a heck of a night. And I, I'm just so glad you remember it. You know, uh, we knew uh, uh, the story was, you know, Billy Wade had took Ned out, and he went in, and when he went back, we knew he was waiting on Billy, and, and, we, and Richard did too, and we kindly stayed back a little ways. And then it got down close to the end of the race, and he had to get up in there. And when uh, when Ned got into Billy, and, and like I said, he was kind of rolling down the racetrack, Richard, <laughs> Richard went over him, and it, it just kind of hooked his front end and towed him up over it, said he'd seen stars, and then he, <laughs> in the sky, you know, and then when he went straight down, he seen nothing but racetrack, and Lord, that car was towed out so bad, we couldn't hardly get it on the trailer, but I think it finished under caution, but we did win the race. You know, and I, I got another Spartanburg minute I want to, uh, or moment I want to touch on with you. When Curtis Turner made his comeback, not many people remember, but he tried to do it at Spartanburg in one of y'all's cars, and I believe that was a '64 Plymouth. It's always written up as a '65, but I think that was a '64 Plymouth. Do you remember that night? And Turner wrecked it qualifying and didn't get the start. You're trying to check my memory. Sure, I remember it, but we got down there. I mean, being okay. They didn't let us run in 65 on account of the Hemi. Right. And at that point in time, they let us come back, I think, the last 8 or 10, 12 races and run anything a mile and under. And so me and Richard was off drag racing, and we already had commitments when they okayed us to come back. So we had to feel full full the, the drag racing part of it, so they got Curtis to run Spartanburg, you know, and he wiped out in practice, and of course, he didn't have a backup car back then, but he he didn't make a race, but I think he was putting on a show till he did tear it up or oh. something. But I remember but him that. coming through the first turn, and you could, that's, the only thing you could see was the, the grill. I mean, he, it was just flat sideways. He, he put on yeah, the show. But it finally caught up with him. But me and, Richard, me and Richard was all some more drag racing, and of course, okay. we're in Rich, I'm in Richmond right now, and I think Leroy we was drag raced and Leroy uh, drove the car up here and I think coming out of pits he sent her to telephone pole and tore it up so but then after we got everything squared away I think Richard uh, I think we wound up winning three or four races before the season was over back even back then you did and Curtis made his comeback at uh, Darlington in the Southern 500 and then ended up winning Rockingham that year but um, yeah he uh, won Rockingham in the Whitworth's car yeah that's correct. That's exactly right. Well, you said you're still involved with racing. What exactly do you do to, uh, these days? What would bring you up to Richmond? Well, you know, I, like I said, uh, I tell the boys, I said, the way I'm going to help you, I'm going to stay out of the way. But they they still use me a little bit on some PR stuff. And I I hang out with Richard and do some of the things that he can't do. And uh, But as far as physical work on the car, I don't do nothing. But... Uh, I still communicate pretty good with NASCAR and and uh, kind of keep up with the gossip and it's just it gives me it keeps me keeps me a little bit active and uh, I go to the shop one day a week and then we're at the racetrack. I missed uh, I think I missed one race this year. I, mean, I missed Vegas. We went we had a test out there. I went out there for that and. Uh, I didn't want to go back for the race because I spent too much money at the casinos. So <laughs> I, 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 I knew a casino was going to come up in oh, here somewhere. Oh yeah, that's got to. I'll tell you one yeah. thing about Dale though. Dale, uh, uh, even he's past retirement, but he's not retired. But there's one thing about it, I can assure you, he done. He's doing more as far as turning wrenches and doing stuff than I ever did at the racetrack. Cause all I done was followed around. Uh, Didi and uh, Didi would send me over to Petty's truck and get me a cup of water. And that's about all I've done for at least about 10 years, and I think Dale can vouch for that. Well, Dale, we're up against it here, and uh, I, I tell you what, we could talk to you all day, and, and maybe uh, maybe we can have you back on later in the year because I love the Spartanburg stuff you just said, and uh, and we just absolutely uh, appreciate so much having you on the show. And uh, you're a great ambassador for the sport, and I tell you what, if, uh, if you were close to a, a team like the Petties, I'd, I'd want you around all the time, too. 
Well, we appreciate the kind words and everything, and I've enjoyed it as much as y'all have. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of fond memories. And, of course, Greenville was close by, and they, they just stories everywhere that, you know, the people still enjoy hearing and everything. And, uh, well, we've enjoyed talking to you. Well, that's what we're all about. Is uh, I tell you, we do more history on this show than we talk about what's happening now. So, thank you so much, Dale Inman, and um, uh, that was. I wouldn't trade anything for that interview, would you, Greg? No, no. They, and um, I hope they they got that and recorded. I know they do. We do, and uh, we're gonna have to take a break right now. This is uh, from live from Holden Marine Center here on Highway Nine in Spartanburg. This is Start Your Engines. Forever to be. And you can put spurs on this one. The Garnet and Black play here. He dives and makes the catch. Catch the Gamecocks in action all season long. Blast it deep to right. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Here comes lunchtime. You know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experience. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution, or you run a business and are in need of employees in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing, packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and... Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And we've got Nelson Crozier, our weekly uh, expert. Are you uh, are you in Richmond today, Nelson? In Richmond, getting ready to head to the track a little bit. Oh, I was going to tell you, if you saw Dale Inman walk by, we just spent 20 minutes with him, and he's up there. Great interview. Right. Did you... Uh, 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 He's one of the few that uh, has been around longer than I have at the racetrack. Uh, He's probably about one of the few that have been around longer than you have. He said he's been going to the races since 1951, which is a year before I was born. So that's quite a while. Yeah, I didn't start in 1963. Well, that's still a long time. Let me, uh, I want to do this because uh, we might be a little short on time and I don't want to ever miss it. Let's let's do our picks first. Who do you like, Nelson? Uh, hard to say, but I think I'll go with Harvick. Okay, Nelson wants Harvick. How about it, Ronnie? Uh, since he's going Harvick, I'm going with the 88. Okay, Ronnie wants uh, the 88. Greg? Let me look at that rundown. She I don't have it. Just, don't have just it. pick a name. <laughs> you know I, how they run. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Kethelowski. That's a good pick, and I wasn't going to pick him because uh, I think this is the week for uh, Elliot. I think Elliot's going to get his first win this week. He's starting second. I know that Truex is on the pole and Elliot is second. So what do you think, Nelson? How's it looking up there? Look, beautiful weather in Spartanburg. Uh, beautiful in Richmond as well. I, I think weather's not going to be a problem at all. Uh, after we finish the pick, I'll tell you a little bit about uh Yo, it's tires. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, 
the tires take a while to come in. It, uh, seven laps on the tires is optimum, and this is why qualifying was so screwed up. People went out and only took one or two laps, and the tires never got up to temperature, and the cars just weren't handling. Kyle Busch being one of them who was uh, a victim of that. Well, uh, and, well what's the... It, is it the wrong compound they brought, or, or what's the... What oh, they no, nothing, to? nothing, nothing at, uh, at all wrong with the tires. Richmond, like a lot of the other race tracks, is fairly abrasive. So, uh... Goodyear brought a tire, which is going to last a little bit better. But in doing so, uh, it has to get some heat in it before uh, you know, it really adheres to the racetrack. So, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, green flag pit stops, when everybody comes in and changes tires, uh, it's going to take a few laps before they, they start to run good. And it just might be that somebody that stays out has the edge on the tires at that point. Yeah. Uh, does the fact that it's a night race have anything to do with it? Because they're not uh, practicing. Uh, if they practice today, it'll be obviously sunny. Yeah, I don't think that's going to have too much of a uh, factor. On. It had a factor yesterday, but uh, today there's not too much activity on the track. But uh, oh. you know, the fact that it's a night race, uh, it's going to be just a little bit cooler. Uh, so the tires are going to take a, you know, a little while to come in. Uh, the other big factor at Richmond are brakes, because the long straightaways generate a lot of speed, and you have to use a lot of brake, especially going into turn one. And the, going down the long straightaway, the brakes tend to cool off. So you know, as they cycle hot and cold, they tend to warp a little bit. So you have to try to keep a little bit of heat in the brakes going down the straightaway so that when you stomp on going into the turn, uh, you're not going to shock the rotors. Yeah, that, that, that makes a big difference. And you do use a lot of brakes at tracks like that. And uh, Richmond always does put on a good show. But, Nelson, do you, you, you see the people that might would, uh, like, scuff some of their tires or scuff just the left sides or, or if anybody can do anything along that line that, that might give them an advantage? Uh you know, or, or let's say scuffing a few sets. Uh, I, I think that scuffing the tires actually, uh, you know, would make them a little bit harder so that they would not come in as quick. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you have a one or two rep scuff where you take the, uh, the shiny stuff off the tires. Uh, it may help. Uh, but I really don't think it's going to be a factor. Once you get in the race... Everybody, you know, except for uh, strategy, is going to be the same, uh, unlike qualifying where somebody had one or two laps uh, and somebody else had six or seven laps on the tires. Uh, it was just uh, an education that some people didn't pay attention to. Yeah. Yep. Sound, it's a, well, it sounds to me like it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a situation like we used to see at Dover sometimes. Uh, it oh, wasn't no. true all the time, but back when they had asphalt, that was, uh, we was able to run real good up there with Ricky and, um, and we pretty much done it with, with two lap scuffs and, uh, seemed like it just after three or four laps, you had advantage on everybody. But, um, but I see what you're saying. I've seen many a time to where uh, the tires got to come in. It's really that's really kind of what what we want. We want to we want to be able to start on a new set and it come in and last, and and the laps not fall off so much. So, um, so I may like they, they 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 come up there with a pretty good tire. Nelson, did we learn anything from Bristol last week? I, I know it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uncharacteristically low on penalties after the race? Uh, very much so. Uh, I think everybody just wanted to get out of there. Now, the one penalty was the 17 car. Uh, he missed one lug on the pit stop. Uh, Goodyear uh, you know, brought more tires up from Monday, but they were late. Uh, I don't want to say late getting there, but they were late getting their relation to when they were needed. Uh <laughs> and so, out comes the caution. Just as the, just as the teams are getting the uh, additional set of tires, which NASCAR allowed. So, rather than put the uh, 
you know, the three M weather strips the men on, you know, the stick uh, lugs on the wheel. Uh, they use the old fashioned, uh, you know, sponge type double sided uh, inserts. Uh, one of the lugs fell off, and uh, you know, they dropped the jack, and the car took off. And, uh, tire changes just throwing his ha- hands in the air, so they got fi- fined ten thousand dollars for missing a lug. Mm, ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty steep, but they're still uh, but they are still having trouble with the wrenches, right? With the with the impact wrenches. Uh, that apparently is a very sore subject. Uh, you know, uh, yes, they, uh, certain people definitely are having uh, problems with it. Uh, the inconsistency seems to be one of the biggest problems. Uh, one wrench will turn nine thousand RPM, another one will turn twelve thousand. Is it a problem with the issued regulator? Is it a problem with the wrench? Uh, you know, <clears throat> this week you might have a wrench that... Pardon me? I said, or the operator of the wrench. Oh, right. Well, Andy Petrie, uh, you know, who's team uh, manager up at uh, Richard Service now, he said, well, the intent was to slow the pit stops down. The wrenches have slowed them down, but the... Uh, Tire changers have not adapted to the slower speed. You know, if you yeah. practice with a wrench that turns twelve thousand, and now all of a sudden you have one that's turning seven thousand, eight thousand, or nine thousand, it's going to be slower, and it's going to throw you off uh, your game. Yeah, no doubt about it. That, that's too drastic of a change between wrenches. Um, but that whole thing with the wrench was to save money, right? Uh, right. So, uh, you know, uh, how much physical money has it saved? How much money has it lost the teams? And then you have the, me- you have the real mechanical problems, wrench breaking in half, uh, airlines coming loose, uh, you know, regulators sticking, uh, you know, any number of things which, you know, uh, if they're yours as the team, you know what you're dealing with and if you have a problem, you correct it. This way, you get the rest an hour before the race. Uh, how much checking out can you do, be, you know, in real-time conditions before you have to use it on a pitch stop? I mean, it's just, uh, it seems like a trivial thing, but it's not. It's huge. And uh, and for it to be affecting the teams like it does, it's, uh, you know, I hope they can, I hope they can come to some sort of a, some sort of a solution because, um, Got a big one coming up because they're all, they're all big. But next week we go to Talladega, and uh, what's the scuttlebutt for for Talladega? Because you know it's uh, if there was a crapshoot in NASCAR, it's uh, it's that one that anybody could win. Well, that's true, and I don't uh, I don't think there was anything spectacular happening. You know, just look at Daytona, and uh, you know you're going to see more of the same at Talladega. Uh, you know, Daytona, you got to drive a little bit more than you do with Talladega. Yeah. Well, Nelson, um, been great having you on this morning. Uh, you have a good time up there, and uh, hope you uh, hope everything is. You're able to sell some of your uh, your Nelson specialties. Uh, Nelson uh, doesn't go to the track just to talk to us. He's he's got a business, Nelson Specialties. That uh, um, I know all the drivers and uh, all the crews swear by his work. And uh, once again, it's been great having you on the show. And we'll talk to you. Are you going to Talladega? Or are you going to sit, sit uh, that one out? More than likely, but I'm not sure yet. I have some other commitments. Uh, that, you know, if I can get them done in time, I'll be going to Talladega. And so far as my Nelson specialties, the other thing we do is classic car ignition restoration. Oh, great. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Well, we'll talk about that down the road. That's what we need to do. I mean, I know Nelson knows how to do everything, but I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't know that he was doing even that going that far. Well, we'll talk about that uh, in the future. Nelson, thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. That's yeah. Nelson Crozier, our expert. I, <laughs> the man does everything. The smartest man in NASCAR. Well, I think he might be. I want to touch on a couple other things here before we have to go. Don't forget the autism race tonight at Cherokee Speedway. Get out there. I mean, you can't complain about the weather. It is fantastic. Gates open at 5, driver meeting at 7. 
I don't even see a cloud. I mean, it's just gorgeous out here. Indy cars will be running at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon at, in Alabama on the road course they've got down there. And uh, last week they ran on the road course at Long Beach, and the winner was uh, Alexander Rossi, the Indy winner from a couple of years ago. So he's finally gotten back into victory lane. And uh, the... Uh, Grand Prix cars don't run this week, but they ran last week at the, get this one, the Heineken Chinese Grand Prix. And uh, it was won by Daniel uh, Ricardo. And those cars, I mean, if you get a chance to catch one of these Grand Prix races, it's uh, they look like slot cars. I mean, the tracks are, the, the tracks are just like... Uh, well, they're, they're made for racing. They're not like the old the street courses, like and and running through the country for eight or ten miles. It's uh, it's really uh, something to see those cars, and the technology is incredible. What gets me is is and and Perry, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like it's 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 like the the front end. That, that there's all kind of air that's going through the car. Yeah, and. That was that was something. Rennie had made a statement about on 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 a, on a, uh, doing a, uh, a, a soapbox derby car. Just just open it up, you know. He said, "Look at all the frontal area you'd be reducing," but I don't think it would apply to that. But uh, but anyway, we had a we had a great show. It was great, great being out here at Holden Marine, and uh, we want to thank Cole Bryson for sticking around and and keeping us on the air when we. Uh, when we had a little problem there that you folks don't even know about. So we'll be talking to you next week. And we'll be back in the studio. Ronnie, another great job. And uh, everybody, we'll talk to you next Saturday. Keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Fox Sports 1400's website is SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. WSPG Spartanburg. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by True Car.